pain forces you to change. And I was in a lot of pain and I was looking for a solution. And the, the hot yoga took me to another level in terms of being able to like, just get rid of that pain. Hey, welcome to the show. We got a great one for you today. Dave Demures, who I met playing club lacrosse after college out in Portland, Oregon, about 25 years ago. Anyhow, around that time or a little bit earlier, Dave Demures got into yoga to deal with chronic lower back issues that he was having from a crazy internship after college. That internship was spiking rails in Alaska. Anyhow, this is a great one and I know you're gonna enjoy it. Well, Dave Demure, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on. I was uh, teeing up in the intro. We met about 25 years ago playing for the Portland Ales outside Portland, Oregon, which I got to say, of all the lacrosse experiences I've had, it is probably the most fun I ever had playing lacrosse with a bunch of guys. <laughs> they are a great bunch of guys. And they, you know, our those days were hard fought. Uh, you were here during the losses and Unfortunately, you left, and then we ended up winning some championships after after you left. But our our good friend Rex was a part of those championships before he left to go back east, and and it was really great to send him off with a with a championship. So yeah, well, you, I know we had some great games in Oregon. I know we had some great matchups with um, who was the team out of Seattle that was sort of our our sort of go to rival up there. So we had Bluefin that went to Blue Collar, and then there was the Seattle Lacrosse Club, which is basically just all the mokes from back east that are living in living in Seattle. And so we just, you know, we just dogfights right down to the last possession every game, and uh, and we still play those guys, which is a lot of fun. And Rex started a uh, Rex started a tournament out in Sisters, and we all get together. Um, once a year to play a play a weekend, and it's just super awesome. Which is yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great bunch of guys, and I gotta tell you, it's, it's just uh, it's a lot of great memories. Even though it was only twenty five, or, or only it was at least twenty five years ago. Uh, you know, Rex recently connected us when I was talking to Rex about yoga and uh, the intent of doing this podcast to get more guys into yoga or thinking about yoga by sharing the stories of guys who've been doing yoga for a while or just got into it. And, you know, Rex said one of the first, one of the people that he was aware of doing yoga before he got into it was Dave Demures. And uh, so I want to, wanted you to share a little bit your story. Where were you? How old you were? If you can remember what was going on in your life and kind of how you fell into it. Yeah. So as we discussed, you know, earlier, um, when I was, I grew up in Alaska playing hockey and I ended up going to two years of boarding school. And that's where I picked up lacrosse, you know, when I was in high school. And then when I, my college job between, you know, between, you know, my freshman and sophomore year, I got a job with the Alaska railroad and I ended up doing some heavy manual labor that uh, basically, you know, spiking rails for a whole week uh, that, without proper training from the safety commissioner or the safety officer, I was doing it wrong. And I ended up actually hurting my back. And uh, that back injury, though, minor at the time, because I was young and healthy. And as I grew older, became more and more problematic. By the way, can we go any further? Just just so those of us who are listening who haven't had the, the pleasure of spiking rails, <laughs> can you just explain a little bit 
what spiking rails is just so we can visualize perhaps what kind of labor you were doing? So it's my actual job title is track labor. And you are basically the grunt guy doing all the heavy labor for uh, maintaining a, a section of track. Basically, each section is about 15 to nine miles. You have a station chief. He's in charge of keeping it flat and uh, consistent throughout his section. So our daily job is basically going out and truing corners that because of the frost heaves and, uh, and you know, the elements, you would get dips and whoop-de-doos in the track. And we were, our job was to basically fix that. And a spike mall for, for spiking railroad track is basically a nine pound weight, which is basically, you know, elongated sledgehammer um, on the end of a stick. And you're, you're basically spinning this off your ankle raising it above your head and then bringing it down onto the spike. And, and we were doing this big corner for like a week and it was oak ties, just hammering, just hammering. Just hammering. a regular pine tie is you can put a spike into a pine tie in four hits. And if you, and I know it takes 18 to 19 hits to do an oak tie because it's a high speed corner. They want oak to keep more, keep it more stable. They want oak ties on these corners where the train's going 45 miles per hour longer and you're just basically spiking this rail this corner for a week and you're basically just pounding nails uh that are you know it's a it's a half half pound spike and you got a nine pound hammer and you're just spinning it off your ankle raising it above your head and bringing it down and did that for a week and i just screwed up my back i basically created what my doctor said was a little bit too much flexion or too much flex in my lower lumbar my lowest lumbar my s1 joint basically your hip your your hip girdle and your your first vertebrae and when i was young i could take just uh, i could take some aspirin or some ibuprofen one tablet and i was good for a couple of days but as i played hockey and lacrosse after college in my 30s it became problematic where i was having spasms to the point where you would work out on one day and you next day you'd bend over to pick up the uh, laundry or something you dropped. And that my back would spasm so much that I could barely stand up straight. So I started seeking a lot of alternative medicines. I wasn't a big guy because the, the ibuprofen stopped working. So I tried Chinese medicine. I tried acupuncture. I tried chiropractic. And this is a, over a year, over a three, four year period. And kind of bumped into a book that said, uh, you know, strengthen and lengthen and so i had a you know i was at a work i had a was working out and i was doing a great job strengthening but i wasn't doing a great job lengthening and i worked next to a yoga studio uh, it was a hot yoga studio and i decided to pop in and that's when i was introduced to yoga and i kind of fell in love with it because with the strengthening and lengthening program that was on i was able to revitalize my you know, my athleticism and continue to play, you know, beer league hockey and beer league lacrosse and beer league skiing and beer league, you know, physical activity without any pain. And just beer, then just beer without the athletics, right? Exactly. So, you know, yoga was a huge part of at least understanding that strengthening is not the only solution. You need to kind of what they would say, uh, you need to explore those joints through 
these poses in terms of like really put intent into the into the hip joint, into the hip girdle, into the backbone, into the core. And so, you know, you do your planks, but you'd also want to do your your yoga poses because they are just as difficult as, you know, deadlifting 150 pounds 20 times when you put the intent into it. Yep. And I think that, you know, from my experience in my practice and uh, there was a great instructor named Allison West who has a or had a studio in New York that was focused on back care issues and yoga, using yoga to treat those. She always would say, go into the pose and work on a longer length, meaning that, you know, you over time, you you do get stronger and longer by teaching your sort of nervous system and your muscles that you can go further out. And you can go further out if you put your hand on a wall or a hand on a block or use a belt strap or whatever just to, to support you. But, uh, you know, that was my experience too with, you know, L5-S1 challenges and having muscles spasming because they were not used to being stretched out on a longer length, just emptying the dishwasher or bending over to pick up something or whatever it is. It just all of a sudden your body freaks out and then you have a spasm. Exactly. Well, pain forces you to change. And I was in a lot of pain and I was looking for a solution. And the the hot yoga, you know, took me to another level in terms of being able to like, just get rid of that pain. I think that heat can also kind of help relax your muscles in your body. You know, your, your body temper doesn't, doesn't change per se. Like you sweat a lot, it's hot, but you're still 98.6, right? But I think I, in the Bikram stuff that I've done in the past, I think that heat does kind of get you to calm down. Do you remember, by the way, when you first walked in that studio, whether or not you were thinking like, am I in the right place? Like, is this just freaking nuts? Or did you have the feeling that you were like, no, I got to do this and this is what's going on and that kind of thing? The first first time you walk into the Beacon studio, you're basically just trying to survive. Uh, and you know, and I, sometimes I've, I've stepped away and go back and it's still going on. Like you have to take one or two classes just to get, just to get settled and not push yourself too hard. But I was able to survive that first class and I signed up immediately for the next class because I just felt the, the regime was a little bit, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of set in stone, but I felt the whole concept of uh, natural tourniquet, you know, put your fingers through the front wall, put your heel through the back wall. That was ringing a bell uh, subconsciously with me that this was something I needed to work on my issues. And so, I, and that's why I stuck around for a while and, uh, and still do it to this day. Did the instructor that day, you think, make an impact on getting you sort of buying in or was it just the practice itself that first day? I ended up finding in that school, there were, let's say there was 10 instructors. I basically found three instructors that were very gentle because some of these instructors can push, want to push you too hard. Just like a CrossFit instructor wants you to just blow it all out. And then- Especially with Bikram. And I think they all were taught a little bit of that attitude from, from their previous instructors. Right. And I found a couple of guys that were gentle and I just, I just gravitated to their classes and I felt, uh, you know, at home and in, with uh, certain, I found that right away that it was better to be with guys that were just guys and girls that were just a little bit more mellow than the militaristic or the more regimented style that uh, was taught or is, you know, is preponderance of people that are in that program. So I just, and then I 
just did what I could. I'm not, you know, the best or the, you know, the brightest, but I just, I'm about a 50% guy when it comes to all the, you know, how to get to the poses, but I'm, you know, I'm doing what I can do in the moment to be in the moment with my body. Hey, if you're enjoying this interview and you've got a great story for how you got into yoga or you know somebody else who might, email us at gtypodcast at gmail.com and help other guys get into yoga. All right, let's get back to the interview. So uh, your practice has probably grown quite a bit and not so much the fact that like are you, you're doing crazier poses. It's more like you really know your body probably pretty well at this point. Exactly. And so there's certain poses that, you know, when I'm feeling great, I just do like four or five. And if I'm not feeling great, I'm doing 11 or 12. And I'm basically doing, you know, I'm not going into the studio. I'm going into the studio about once a week, um, you know, before the COVID hit. And and now we're getting back into it uh, probably this summer. But before I go out for the morning run, I would do, like I said, if I'm feeling great and I've been running and doing my feeling in a good spot, I would do about five or four or five poses. And if I'm in a bad spot, I would just, you know, sometimes I will just walk with like a 25 pound weight. And sometimes just doing that will um, hurt my back. And so if I'm just, if it's tender, I'm doing 10 poses to kind of work on, because I know those poses will help me just alleviate the, the issues with my hips and my, uh, my lower back. Yeah. And so, so, you know, outside of COVID, let's say COVID wasn't happening right now, you know, how often would you do yoga and how much time do you, you know, do you typically try to give to that practice? And, you know, does it, does it change a little bit? You're not just the repetitions, but what you do, do you, do you mix it up? Well, the, the studio I go to now is basically a hot yoga studio. It's not solely Bikram and they have like a music class and they, which is awesome. Just there's like no words, no yelling, no, you know, hands through the front wall, heel through the back wall. It's just you and the music. And I really like that class. And that's a Friday afternoon class. And then I will probably hit like a Sunday at noon or Sunday at 10 class. So I'm trying to hit twice a week. I'm also like running or biking every other day. So I'm, I'm trying to do quite a bit of physical fitness so that it can go to Lake Placid and um, go to some hockey tournaments. And, and it's just, if I don't do that, then my back starts acting up and I just start getting cranky and I can't put up with that. So I've got to, I got to just stay into it. So, so the practice is a little bit, it keeps, keeps the muscles active. Like it keeps them awake. So they know what they need to do. Uh, it sounds like it also kind of gives you an awareness. So when you do play those sports or do something next day, you're kind of tuned in a little bit to how you feel down there. Right. Exactly. And that's why, you know, I'm, I've always got an ice bag or an ice pack around, uh, in case I've, I've done something a little bit too aggressive on a hill climb or, or uh, or I've, I've, I've overdone it in the yoga studio. Um, you, you know, living with this back issue, you get in tune with your body pretty quick. And, you know, it, it, the body, my body does not like to put on weight. My body, uh, it just starts acting up if I'm not in like a, you know, moderately good health. And it's just, 
no way to go through life just, you know, upset and cranky all day because of uh, your health. Yeah, no, 100%. I got into Bikram before I started to have back issues, but I really got back into yoga when I started to have back issues. And then I just like really got into it because uh, it was helping me balance out other things in the body, feet, hips, knees, shoulder, that kind of thing. So do you ever roll out the mat at home and do something on your own? Or is it always, always with the studio? I, I have a mat. <laughs> you know, we we're watching the blazer game last night. I, I rolled the mat out and I was working on my triangle pose. It's awesome. I just, and then again, I just kind of trying to be like a hundred percent in my body and glancing at the TV, but I'm trying to also just visualize my hip girdle and my backbone. And again, I'm just trying to create space and length in those problem areas. Uh, that whole back issue turned into an upper hamstring issue, turned into like a tight knee and runs with the psoas and the iliac, you know, all that stuff that's going on in the hip girdle. That whole complex, um, if I give it good attention at night, like what I did last night watching, you know, a, a great blazer game, my days, everything flows. I mean, the chi flows. It's just so good for me to just be in good, you know, have a good back health and good hip health uh, around it because if I lollygag and, and get off my game, everything slows down. Yeah. I know the other point you sort of leaned into was, you know, it is all connected. And I, when I first started going to PT and somebody would say it's all connected or was some massage therapist explaining how the body works and it's all connected. I just didn't really believe it. I was just like, you know, just, no, I got this knee or foot thing but it really is all connected. And so if you have an injury or trauma somewhere in your body, especially along the spine, everything else is going to compensate to, to balance it out. And sometimes you stay, you stay in that compensated motion forever and starts to wear down joints because you're not balanced. So I too found that yoga is just really great at uh, staying connected, being aware of what's going on, knowing when to back off and then also try to knit things together in a way that really probably is closer to, you know, how they should be working. And I will add that, that also the Savasana, you know, even that I've even taken that to like, you know, after every workout, I will lay on my back and just relax and just let everything go. And that's my meditation. And sometimes I'm on my back for five minutes. Sometimes I'm on my back for 10 to 15, usually. And sometimes I might fall asleep and last, you know, I might wake up 30 minutes later, but it, every time it's like a, it's like a reset button. Yeah. And it also allows me to, you know, as we talked about before, it was spirit, mind and body that all this physical stuff is just so my mind will be in a good spot. And that, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of, you know, plagiarized that Savasana and I've extrapolated it onto a couple other of my workouts and I just enjoy just just laying down and breathing and just letting everything go. And that's what I got from Bikram yoga as well. And people will say that that's the most important part of the class is the end. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people will, as soon as they have to go lie down on their back, they'll spend a half second there because they got to roll up. They want to go hit the showers or they just got to go somewhere. And what you really ought to do, you ought to be one of the last ones who leave because not only do you deserve to sit there and relax, but you're effectively basically telling your nervous system, reconnect all these things I just did, you know, connect that with my, with your mind. And that is what kind of keeps 
whatever benefits or things you accomplish in the class carried with you into the next day or the next time you come back, whatever. So I'm with you. Like you don't want to rush that final moment of the class and let somebody else get the shower, you know, you know, hit the parking lot, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely think that my body told my mind to like, this is important for, for you. You need to, you need to embrace this practice uh, or this pose and, and, and kind of work with it, kind of explore it, kind of go with it. And I, to this day, I, you know, everybody says you need to sit in lotus position and meditate. I'm like, I'm a big proponent of just laying on my back and just, you know, just counting to a hundred or breathing quietly or just letting things go. And when I'm doing that practice and everything in my body's going well, again, the flows, the flow state starts to engage and it's, it's just satisfying. Very satisfying. It's a lot better than spiking rails. <laughs> exactly. Or pounding beers or chasing, you know, your car, getting to the next meeting, basically got to, you got to embrace it and you got to, you know, it's like if the workout's an hour, you've got, well, I got a 45 minute workout and a 15 minute rest or Savasana. It's my, that's my mantra. I'm with you. So as we sort of look to a close here and there's no rush on this, but what kind of advice or uh, thoughts would you share with guys listening to this podcast who either haven't tried yoga or they've tried it, weren't really into it, didn't really come back or just aren't quite, aren't quite there yet. Like what would be your advice to those guys? Well, every coach I've had from cross country running to hockey to lacrosse, I mean, we spend what, 30 minutes warming up with stretching and, and warmups. And, and, you know, you kind of looked at that was the throwaway event of the, of the, of the athletic event. But really I believe, you know, as we get older, that that stretching component, even post and pre and post game is, is the most important thing for, you know, aging athletes. And that as somebody who wants to just keep going and keep playing baseball or, you know, flag football or golf, that this yoga practice can allow you to extend your career much longer at a higher quality. And why wouldn't you try it just to keep, something you enjoy going on longer. And that's, you know, that's my takeaway. That's great. That's perfect. And I feel very much the same way. Right. Well, Dave, great to see you again. It's been too long. Uh, and I just want to, I just want to thank you for, for, for spending some time here and sharing your story because I know a lot of guys are going to benefit. So thanks again for being here and great to see you. As well, Derek, as well. Take care. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this show. I knew you guys would enjoy that story by Dave. It's great to hear his thoughts on how yoga has helped him with his lower back and in general to keep doing the things he loves to do like playing hockey and lacrosse. Anyhow, come back next week. We'll hear another story from another great guy. Take care. Take care.